What's up you guys, Sideline Statsman here, and welcome to today's episode of the Pigskin Pulpit. Today is the second episode in our week-long special leading up to the draft on Thursday night. Last episode we talked about the mock draft, in the, and in that mock draft it's what you guys selected as the fans. Honestly, I don't know what to think of it. It was a lot of odd surprises, good surprises, and just some outright decisions that made no sense, like Patriots getting Justin Herbert, but we won't focus on that. Trust me, we won't. So today, we're going to talk strictly about trade news that's been circulating, the latest releases and cuts by teams, and then we're going to address the rumors that have been circulating and trying to figure out if you should believe in them, trust it, or just outright disregard it. It's not going to happen. Because the goal is to make sure you are the most informed and you are well informed on everything going on. So, without further ado, let's get it started with the trades. So, there really hasn't been any trades today. But the reason why there's trade news is just with stuff that's been circulating. So, teams like the Jaguars and the 49ers and the Cowboys have all been in the news talking about trying to trade either a player or trading for a player and exploring options. So let's start up with the elephant in the room, which would be the Jaguars. A couple days ago, a report came out saying that the Jaguars were interested in trading Leonard Fournette, which, if that's done, that would mark the end of the Tom Coughlin era in Jacksonville. He's the last guy standing, meaning that Once he's gone, it means they have officially restarted in Jacksonville. He's being currently shopped by the Jaguars for a couple teams, according to Adam Schefter. But I really do believe in this. I do believe they're going to try to trade him. But what value are they going to get out of him? Fournette's had a couple down years over the last couple seasons. So the question really becomes, how much value could he get out of a guy who's had a downturn in production and just dropped? off the face of the earth at running back. It's confusing. And I don't think you're going to get the same value for him as you even got for A.J. Boye when you traded him to Denver. When you look at the Jaguars, I think the only teams that make sense for them to trade Fournette to are the Bucks, the Bills, and the Rams. Here's why. The Buccaneers need a, a back that's powerful. Ronald Jones II does not have that power. Take Leonard Fournette in a trade where you're probably going to have to give up your third-round pick, your third-round pick, and a sixth-round pick, and I think it really works out for you. You get a running back that has some serious value, so now you don't have to worry about it in the draft. So now you got Fournette and Jones working together in the backfield. I think the, the, the blocking scheme really works to help fit into uh, Fournette's... Uh, give him really more of an advantage in their system because I think the Jaguar system really has fallen apart because they don't know what their path is and what they're doing. I think it makes sense that the Jaguars trade him to a team that's going to get some value out of him. Bucks are a good team for that. Another team to look into, the Bills. Bills got a stronger offensive line, and they've got a young guy over there by the name of Devin Singletary. He needs a strong number two, because former Jaguars running back TJ Yeldon isn't going to solve the problem. He needs a strong number two, and I think... Fournette can offer some value to that. Can I confirm that it's going to happen? I don't know. 
Because I think the Bills are pretty happy with what they have right now with Singletary. But watch out, because it could still happen. And then, the other team I'd look into for trades is definitely the Rams. The Rams lost Todd Gurley, and now they have to trust Daryl Henderson to pick up the slack who they drafted last year. And I don't think he's going to be able to do it on his own. The smart thing to do is if the Rams look to get Fournette, so he duels with Henderson. That way they can build a powerful backfield to work behind that strong offensive line up front for the Rams. And they get some serious chunk plays out of it. Take some pressure off of Goff's back. It'll, it should help them out with production, too, in their offense. So I think Fournette to the Rams makes sense, too. What they would give up, I couldn't tell you. But I know the Rams are a team to watch here. And that's it. Fournette really is the is an important piece for a team that can actually match his skill set. If you can find a team that can enhance it and make it better and use him to his advantage, just try to get him to a 1,000-yard rushing seasons, make accommodations for him. That's a team he's going to work for, and that's a team that's going to get changed and get the strongest impact. It's important that Fournette goes to a team where he can thrive. If he can't thrive in the system, he won't make it. I think you got to find a team that can do that because the, the Jaguars cannot do that. The Jaguars have failed. So Fournette experiments over. Time to let him go. Next up in the trade news, we have the Dallas Cowboys. According to Mike Fisher from the Sports Illustrated Cowboys section, they are looking for a slot receiver, which makes sense, but they want to do it via trade. I can confirm this report that they are looking for a slot receiver. I can't say it has to be through a trade, but they would prefer a trade. So, names that have been floated around are Christian Kirk and Marquise Goodwin. I think Kirk's a better fit for the offense there than Goodwin, but it's less likely that Kirk would be even put on the market by the Cardinals. So, I think it's important to focus on getting Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin's got great speed in uh, overall. He's got some strong breakaway speed, good quickness, reaction time. His hands are always been a little bit questionable, and his route running needs a little bit of improvement. But the Cowboys could definitely get some value at him. Put him with Mari Cooper. You're going to be going miles with him. You're going to go for a long time. He's a good pick. I would make a trade for him, but probably give up maybe a third-round pick, fourth-round pick. He doesn't have any more value than that. And that's what the Cowboys are looking into. Any of the slot receivers I can think of, I would let you know, but I don't see anybody else having the same value as those two that fits in the Cowboys' system. So this is a good idea. I like this pick by the Cowboys, this decision. Rather than wait in the draft to take a guy, take him now. Why don't you make a trade? Make it happen. It's a smart call, and something I wouldn't expect from the Cowboys, but they'll definitely do it. And finally, I want to look at the team that's been the talk of the entire last 48 hours. For the last 48 hours, the 49ers have been involved in so many rumors that we got to sort it out. So I'm going to start with the first one. The 49ers are apparently interested in Evan Engram. That's just trade notes. The 49ers want Evan Engram, and this is coming from Vincent Frank. Vincent Frank is a, is a credible reporter. I checked up on his source. This is a source I could definitely tell you you should keep an eye on. Now, with the 49ers, they do have George Kittle, so it would make no sense really to go after a tight end right now but they don't have a strong number two. So I get why. 
But on that same note, there's no need to go after Evan Ingram. I don't know why the 49ers would want to, and the Giants are going to try to inflate the cost. And if that's the case, we should not even consider talking to them. If I'm the Giants, I'm going to try to drain you for every penny you got because that's how much Evan Ingram means to our team. But what teams don't understand is one mentality. They always take into account what the player means to their team, and that's why they want so much for that person, which is why negotiating is so hard. But they never take into account what value he's going to have or that the other team is going to have by taking him. They never take it into account fully. Look, the Niners get Engram. It's just depth. They need a guy who can block and who can be a nice vertical threat downfield. Kittles is balanced. He's got serious strength and is a phenomenal blocker, and he's great at catching bass. He's got great hands. Kittle's built like a wide receiver, but he blocks like a lineman. It's, it's amazing. It's a rare find for the 49ers and for a team in general. So they're really lucky to have Kittle. But adding Engram, you're adding a vertical threat, not really a blocker. So for the 49ers, there's not much value for Engram in that system. Because they're going to try to run the ball more. If they're going to run the ball more, you need a blocking tight end. They're using him to use in more passing sets than running sets. So they're not really going to have him on the field as much. It's smart to add him as insurance. But if that's what the 49ers want, they're going to low ball. They're going to they're gonna low ball it because they don't see Engram having much value on their team. The Giants are going to up the cost and say, oh, we want a second round pick or a first round pick for Engram which you're not going to get because, well, Engram has injury issues. Let's look at the facts. And his production has gone down ever since Daniel Jones took over as quarterback. And although he's reliable, if he can't stay healthy, there's no point to having him on the team. And I stand by that. That's why when Victor Cruz kept getting hurt and they still gave him that massive contract, I said, the Giants are making a mistake here. You don't want to sign somebody to a massive contract if they have an injury history. I just don't like that. I don't like that idea of it. It's just not smart. But I will say, in defense of Engram, the offensive line for the Giants is horrible. I will I will give him that. But besides that, it's that mentality that's still messing everything up. Both teams have to come to an agreement and see what the true value of Engram's going to be for them. It's not just the Giants looking at what he's meant to them and assuming, oh, well, the Niners are going to need a guy who had so much value to us. When the Niners really don't see much value in him, they just need him as insurance for George Kittle. I think a common ground deal is you give up a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick for Evan Engram. Because Engram, his health history is what's going to really throw everything off. The Niners trade for him, I get it. You want him just to add there, just to have as a safety net. But I don't see it lasting long term. He's going to be there for a couple years and then they're going to let him fly. Because Kittle's that that important to them. So Engram is probably worth a fourth round pick simply for his injury history. That's all it is. It's not his play style, it's just the history of his injuries that are going to slow everything down. So, 
do I believe it'll happen? No, it won't happen. But I would still keep an eye on it because you never know. The NFL is so unpredictable. I mean, who thought Hopkins was getting traded to the Cardinals? Nobody thought it was going to happen. So you can't say that Ingram going to the Niners wouldn't be um, impossible because anything's possible in this league. I mean, hell, you could look at it and you could say, oh, the Broncos would never trade Drew Locke. They just signed him last year. Oh, well, next thing you know, they'll trade him to the Colts for a first-round pick, and the Colts will make or get a franchise QB out of it. Or, even better, another example, Josh Rosen, one year with the Cardinals. After his first season, they draft Kyler Murray with the first pick, trade Josh Rosen to get another first-round pick from the Dolphins to make another draft pick. It's those little things. Josh Rosen gets traded. And now Josh Rosen's career is derailed because of it. It wasn't because Dero- um it wasn't because Josh Rosen was not talented. It was because he didn't do what the Cardinals wanted. The Cardinals failed with their head coach and they just scrapped the whole system altogether and decided to rebuild. And by rebuilding you have to get rid of that quarterback. So they got rid of Rosen and they got rid of Bradford and they said, "Okay, we're starting over." And that's why they took Murray. In order to fully restart, you got to cut the cords on your quarterback, on your old leader. So they let Rosen go. And at the time, I agreed with it, but I didn't expect the Cardinals to take Murray. Again, the point is, don't ever think that something can't happen. Don't ever sit there and think, oh, no way they're going to make this trade. No way they're going to sign this kid. I mean, come on. Who expected the Broncos to sign Peyton Manning when he left the Colts? Who expected it? No one. Who expected... Who expected, in that situation, the Broncos to take Peyton after only having Tebow for, at most, two seasons? Thinking that Tebow was not worth it anymore. That changed everything about Tebow's career. After that, he was just considered a backup because it was so. they believed there were so many problems with him. Jets never gave him a real shot. Eagles never gave him a real shot. Neither did the Patriots. And then he's out of the league, and now he's a baseball player. It's little things like that because you don't expect it to happen, and then it does happen. So you have to watch what you say. Never, ever say that nothing that it can never happen because it could. I do think it is unlikely. It is unlikely that the 49ers will make this trade. And it's not because they can't pull it off. It's because the Giants are going to overvalue him. Continuing on the note on the 49ers here, let's look at the other news, which is about them fielding calls on their 13th and 31st pick. So there are two picks in the first round. They're taking calls from teams. So if teams are offering for the trade picks, to trade for the picks, I mean, they're listening. And within that, they're also shopping their players. That includes Quan Alexander, their linebacker, D. Ford, Marquise Goodwin, and Jaquiski Tart. I think Tart is definitely some, someone that can be traded. He's an expendable option for them, and same for Goodwin. Quan and D. Ford, no. Now, the news about those four players came from Michael Lombardi, and I very much trust him. 
He's one of my trusted sources I see when it comes to football news. And Adam Schefter uh, broke the news about the draft picks. Do I see the 49ers trading back? I believe if they lose out on receiver at that position, at that point in the draft, they will trade the pick. If they lose out on the talent they need. Now, in terms of the players themselves, they're not trading Quan Alexander. I don't think they would do it. Again, I didn't think it happened. But Quan Alexander will not be traded. I don't think he will. D. Ford, another one. He really had a decent year last year. Not as much of an enforcer last year as he was when he was with the Chiefs the season before. But still valued enough that they would not trade him. As for Goodwin and Tart, yeah, I think they'll trade them. But you, it's one thing to say they're going to trade them. It's another to talk about where they'll go. So, easily, I'll talk about it real quick. Goodwin gets traded to the Jets. And the reason why he should be traded to the Jets is because they need a strong wide receiver too. They don't have that. They've got Brashad Perriman who thrives in the slot. And, I, and they also have Jamison Crowder who works in the outside. I think if you bring in... Marquise Goodwin on a deal. You have him and Crowder together. It's an underrated um, receiving core all around for the Jets. Adds another speedy weapon to Sam Darnold's arsenal. It's just what he needs. You need a guy who's got breakaway speed, who's going to give him the advantage. Darnold isn't going to have much time with that offensive line, so getting that ball out to him should help having a speed receiver like him. Perriman, reliable hands, I like it. That's really who they're going to look towards. And Jamison Crowder, deep threat. So they, if they take Goodwin, it's going to help out a lot. It's like Goodwin's going to substitute for not having Robbie Anderson, and it's going to fit well for the Jets. So trading for Marquise Goodwin, I'm okay with. Now, as for Jaquiski Tart, you got to look at teams that really need a safety. And it doesn't matter where. It's just you need somebody that's going to need a safety. And there's plenty of options out there. But I think the one that makes the most sense is the Browns because the Browns really need a safety that has experience and has really thrived in the league recently. And Jaquiski Tar had a pretty good year last year. It would make sense that the Browns take him to add into the secondary to replace what they've been missing without Jabril Peppers. So it's a good addition, and I think that trade would be worth something towards the Browns. So yeah, I really do think that th- these are the best deals and the most likely trade scenarios for these two players. And that'll conclude those trade news rumors. Let's now go to the releases. There's only been one release this week. One. And that belongs to Marquise Lee from Jacksonville. Marquise Lee's been battling injuries for a while, and it makes sense that he's now out of Jacksonville. He's fully healthy, cleared his medicals, but he did get released. And I understand why Jacksonville did it. This now pretty much guarantees that with that ninth pick in the draft, I think you Jaguars fans were right. They have Keelan Cole, they have Chris Conley, they have DJ Chark. It's a good roster, but they need a standout receiver to go with Chark. And in this case, taking CeeDee Lamb with the ninth pick as a steal or Jerry Judy really works. So I can see it happening. So good call by the Jaguars fans there. I I like it. I didn't expect Marquise Lee to get released, even though I should have. So adding... CeeDee Lamb or a receiver like that caliber to this team in the draft makes the most sense. So, kudos to you, Jaguar fans. Back to Marquise Lee, though. What teams could really value him 
We need to talk about three teams, options, who could really work with having Marquise Lee. Again, he's like a wide receiver two option to me. He's a guy that would really work well on the outside alongside a star receiver. So Marquise Lee could really work with the Patriots. They need somebody to work with Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu and Keel Harry. I think it's a smart idea to get Marquise Lee into that system and integrate him in, giving Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer or whoever their new quarterback is going to be, giving him another weapon to add to the arsenal who's reliable and trusted. Another team to look out for, I think, is the Vikings. The Vikings, if they, they only have Adam Thielen right now, so they need to add another receiver that'll fulfill the role and get the job done to work on the outside with Thielen. Marquise Lee could be that guy if he stays healthy. We got to make sure Marquise Lee stays healthy if you want the best chance to win. So I like it. I think getting him to the Vikings will help out Kirk Cousins too. It's an upgrade, but not on the same levels when you had Thielen and Diggs. And finally, the 49ers are back here. And the reason why I've got the 49ers back on the releases list is because you look at them and you say, you lost Emmanuel Sanders, who is your standout guy now? Well, really, their main receiver that everybody knows is Debo. But Debo's more, in my opinion, of a slot guy. And Marquise Goodwin's on the outside, and he's been rumored to be in trade talks, so if he gets traded, they need a receiver. Marquise Lee could fill that role. He doesn't have... he When he's healthy, I think he could be better than Marquise Goodwin. But he's not consistently healthy, so right now he's below Goodwin. But if he, but if he stays healthy next season, he would be a really serious upgrade for the 49ers moving forward. So, I would definitely keep an eye on that. So those three teams for Marquise Lee make the most sense. The Patriots, the Vikings, and the 49ers. And finally, we've come to the last segment. Addressing the rumors. We've got two rumors that are circulating that broke today, and I'm going to talk to you guys about it. Let's start off with the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. They just won the Super Bowl, and... As great as their wide receiver core is with Sammy Watkins, with the great Demarcus Robinson, and with Tyreek Hill, they're good, and Miko Hardman, they feel like they might need another receiver. Maybe. But according to the trade rumors I'm hearing, this is coming from Peter King. If Henry Ruggs falls in the draft, past the Raiders, past the Bucks, past all those guys, if they make it past the top 15 picks, the Chiefs will attempt to trade up and take Rucks. Do I feel like this can happen? Of course. Of course it can happen. And I think it's a, it's a decent chance. But if you're asking me, will it happen? I don't see it. Because they have what they need right now in the receiving core, and... I don't think it's needed to add rugs. I think you can wait later in the draft to add another guy. There's other guys available later on. Like, you could add Van Jefferson later from Florida. Look at Tyree Cleveland later in the rounds. Antonio Gandy-Golden's another guy. Just got to improve his hands, but he's he could be really big asset to a team from Liberty. Um, another receiver you could look at. Uh, Chenault Jr., maybe in the second round, if he falls. There's a lot of options, but I think... Take him in the first round trading up wouldn't be the best thing for the Chiefs. I would wait. I would wait either to mid-round or or to third. I would wait from anywhere between the third round and the sixth round to take a receiver. Anywhere in that range, I would take one. 
because I think that's where you're going to find the most value and get the best bang for your buck. So I don't think it's going to happen. Now the other rumor is the Jags focusing on next season. So here's, here's the rumor. The Jaguars traded away and broke down everything they had three years ago, from 2017 when they nearly made the Super Bowl. But then the Patriots got that miracle win. I won't break into that, but I'm just going to say, Jaguars should have been into the Super Bowl. Anyway, I look at this, and I say, they've broken down this team. They've scrapped everything, starting with Bortles. They threw Bortles out. They got rid of the entire secondary. Now they got rid of the defensive line. They're getting ready to get rid of Ngakwe, who's on that defensive line, because he wants out. This now leaves you with the idea, are they tanking? Which is foreseeable, but I don't see the actual tanking method there. What I do see is what this was, what this statement is. According to rumors that's circulating around the league, and this is coming from team executives, the Jaguars are preparing for 2021. They don't care about next season. They want, they just want to play next season and move on to the following season. Because right now, their focus is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, if he declares next season for the draft, the Jaguars are going to go after him. And they're going to go with everything they got. I do agree with this statement. I agree with this rumor, and I think you guys should really believe in it. Because Trevor Lawrence has a, has shown so many great qualities so far at Clemson. And I think he's a force to be reckoned with in the NFL when he gets to that level. Do I think his game could translate well? Yes. Can it be to the Jaguars? It depends. I don't know this I don't know what the state of the team's gonna be next season. What I do know is that the Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence in 2021 makes a lot of sense. And they really should consider it. I know they got Gardner Minshew. And the entire Jags train is on that whole, yeah, Gardner Minshew, we really need him, man. Minshew mania, respect the stash. I get that. But it's important to know, at that same time, that getting Trevor Lawrence next season is going to help your team significantly as the time passes. You can build around a guy like him. He's got mobility, he's got size, he's got one hell of an arm, man. He's got some good arm strength. Great accuracy, great decision-making. I think the only flaw in his game may be IQ, just a little bit. But he really is phenomenal in every asset of his game plan. The Jags tanking or just waiting to get him in 2021 and preparing for that makes the most sense to me. They need a guy who's going to guide the offense, and right now, Minshew didn't show that last season to me. And if he doesn't show it again next season, then it's really showing that the Jaguars are committed to getting Lawrence. So I would never rule out that possibility. In fact, I would encourage it. Pay attention because the Jaguars might be making a move on Trevor Lawrence next year. And that'll do it for us here at the Big Skin Pulpit. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at TStatsman and on Instagram at the.sideline.statsman. We'll have another episode tomorrow to add on to our Draft Week special. I think you guys are really going to like tomorrow's episode, but until then, we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.